What you seek speaks a language and knows it well. That's why every Primo's call for everything you hunt is made the right way. We sweat every detail so you get more out of every hunt and nothing leaves our hand until we know it'll work in yours. Because we don't just make the world's best calls, we speak the language. Primo's. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve, moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. In nature, there are neither rewards nor punishments. There are consequences. Robert Green Ingersoll. But there was one point, I think it was like morning four, three or four. I was I hadn't had my caffeine yet. I was still sleepy and I was a bit distracted by the sun coming up and sparkling on the water. And like, <laughs> we were crossing over a bridge on a little stream. And it was one of those bridges that's like, you know, this big, like a log. Right. And it had a railing on the left side, but not the right. And I mean, this is just totally my fault, but somehow I was not paying attention and my foot missed the bridge and I fell off of the bridge <laughs> into the rocks below. I'm Doc. And this is the John Freaking Mirpod. Welcome to the John Freaking Mirpod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and Renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail, dirt bags, and hiker trash. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guest, a long-distance walker 
who also happens to be a very talented photographer and metalsmith. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod, Kate Reeser. How's it going, Kate? It's going pretty good. How are you? Did I get that, did I get that last name correct? Reeser. Reeser. Got it. Yeah. All right. Like Reese Cup. <laughs> Reese Cup with an R on it. Okay. Yeah. Now, as we were talking this morning, I'm on the West Coast. Where, where are you calling in from? Um, I'm in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Ohio. Big win for the Bengals the other night. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I'm not like a big sports person, but it was pretty cool to see them go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and my partner, he decided he did not want to become committed as a sports football fan. Like a local, he's also, I was born and raised in Dayton, Ohio, and he was born in Cincinnati. So it's just really hard for him to see <laughs> so much failure. And then they win once and then you just can't commit to something like that. <laughs> so his, so his philosophy on this is I'm not going to get committed because they're, they're just going to let me down. It's, it's not going to last. Yeah. It's heartbreak. I, I, I can't take that kind of rejection. Exactly. Got it. Got yeah. It. That was a good game. All right. Hey, uh, Kate, you've, you've logged some serious miles out there. Have you picked up a trail name along the way? Um, I have not actually. Seriously. <laughs> I think it's a thing that kind of surprises people when I tell them, but there have been lots that are, have been recommended, but I haven't really stuck with one. Okay. Do you have like a, uh, a bottom three of worst suggested trail names for you? <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's hear it. Um, okay. So I would say the first worst trail name is cheese powder. And there have been many variations of this that me and my friends would all joke about on trail um, with combining them with other names. Um, so for me, it was cheese powder and Darren, it was toe socks. And it was simply because on the long trail in the first three days, there was a couple that we ran into that had so many blisters. It was just awful. So he recommended toe socks. And I think that they just kind of thought that was funny. And they were like, your toe socks. And then I just talked about cheese powder and how we were adding it to rice and beans and making our own meals. And yeah, so it was pretty, they were pretty much making fun of us. And we just, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't really stick with that. Obviously. I don't, I don't think I could respond to cheese powder. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Another one. Oh my God. Was snot gun. Snot gun. Now you've heard, you know, you know who Julia Sheehan is, right? Oh, uh, rocket goes by rocket. And it's not like rocket rocket ship. And you, you reminded me of it. It's, you know, snot rocket. It's short. For right. snot rocket. Yeah. So I took this to a whole new level. Um, coming out of Tehachapi was a huge windstorm. Actually a few of my friends and I got blown down the mountain because the gusts were so strong. We really shouldn't have been out there. But so the wind was super cold, super strong. And whenever you would try to, you know, blow a snot rocket out of one side, it wouldn't matter. It would just go everywhere. So I invented the double barrel snot gun <laughs> where you just blow at the same time and the wind takes it because the wind is just so strong. <laughs> but once again, I couldn't go with that name. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool story. Not sure that's a cool trail name. So see, I, I. Yeah just not good. And another one, I mean, 
there are, there are lots, but another one was braids. I wore my hair in braids and that's just very generic and yeah. <laughs> so, so what are you looking for in a trail man? What, what's it going to take for someone to say, you know what you should be. And you're going to say, yes, that's it. That's me. What, what is the epitome of the, the classic trail name for Kate? I feel like it's something that I'd have to grow into. Maybe I don't know if someone would just call me by a certain thing and I would just go with it. Um, I mean, the trail name thing, I get it. People want, they, they want to remember someone by something on trail or it's just, it's kind of easier to remember than real names too. But I also feel like it can be kind of judgmental. Um, I know a couple of names someone would tell me or I would hear about another person and then I would immediately judge them by the name, which I don't like that. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I mean, I know it's all fun and games, but there have been Darren, the one that Darren took ended up being not necessarily something that he wanted to tell people because it's a little vulgar, <laughs> but when you hike with a group of people for a certain amount of time, they kind of force it on you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. When, when that's all you hear for three or four months, I mean, you have to eventually start responding to it. So. Right. Right. But yeah. yeah, I like the idea of getting a name that you grow into. Uh, Jeff Garmeyer and I talked about his his trail name and also, you know, naming naming kids with that for that philosophy of you know, giving them something that they grow into. So he, yeah. you know, I, I told him that he had reached legendary status and he says, no, 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 don't put that on me. I'm still trying to grow into that name. You know, his trail name's legend, of course. But we talked about, you know, how that how that might apply to to naming your kids. And he he mentioned that. He wished his his parents had named him Napper so that he could uh, aspire to become a you know an excellent napper. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. He's a funny guy. Nice. Yeah. I mean, don't take it too seriously, but uh, there are lots of people that I met that never took a trail name either. Um, I so the first backpacking trip that I ever went on was with my partner Darren, and it was getting dark out and we still hadn't found a place to camp. So it, I saw a, like a tiny little trail off to the side that he didn't notice. I think we went back and forth in this area a couple of times, but it was just little things like that, that I would notice. So he started calling me Eagle Eye. Um, and then I told people that a couple of times and I just, I never felt like I connected with it. It just kind of sounded cocky to me. <laughs> I don't know if that, Makes sense to you, but it does. It does. And you know what? I'm going to pay close attention to everything we talk about tonight. Oh God, don't name Today. me, please. <laughs> we'll see if, if it feels right. If it feels right, maybe I'll have a suggestion, not, not, you know, not an official name, but maybe, maybe a suggestion. And of course you are free to discard that suggestion as you, as you uh, see fit. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, Kate, have you listened to the podcast before? Um, I listened to a few episodes, um, twerk and, Jeff Garmeyer. I listened to a little bit of those. Yeah. Okay. So you're familiar with the format. You know that we have a segment towards the end of the, of the episode that is called the pro tip inside of the week. That's where I will turn to you and ask you to share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. Of course, you are expected to drop trail wisdom throughout the episode, but you will be on the hook for this one at the end. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Don't use your best stuff early. Otherwise you're not going to have anything left. So be careful. <laughs> All right. All right.
The Must Bring Gear Review. Kate, another feature we've been doing this season is the Must Bring Gear Review, sponsored by the Ultralight Backpacking Gear Company, Six Moon Designs. And here's how it works. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? If you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So Kate, what is your must bring piece of gear? What's your favorite piece of equipment out there? I would have to say my camera. Um, that's probably half the reason I go. The first reason just is being moving my body and being out in nature. And the second is to document and to capture the memories that I create in the outdoors. So, okay, and what kind of camera do you carry? Um, I have a Fujifilm X-T2. It's not necessarily the newest version, which I'm waiting for the newer one to come out, but it's served me pretty well over the years. But now that I'm getting into video, I do want to upgrade. Um, but it is also heavier than I think most people carry. It's a mirrorless, but I take usually take two lenses um, out into the field. Okay. And do you have like a, an attachment on your, uh, on one of your, your straps that you mount it to, or do you keep um, it in the pack? I mean, how do you, how do you make sure you're, you're catching the moment when it happens? So I actually just sling it across my body, um, which I've had people critique that before saying like, that doesn't seem comfortable, the camera bouncing against you, but I kind of like, adjust the strap so that it, you know, kind of sits at my hip, but I can also pick it up and take a photo whenever I want. It's actually even faster than having it clipped, which I did try the Peak Designs clip. And I think because I'm like a small person and my frame is really short that it runs right into my shoulder. So I do, I just sling it around. And okay. the fact that the camera is older, I'm okay with it taking some abuse. <laughs> okay. I've had it repaired quite a few times on the long trail. I actually I think it was like the second or third day. I didn't attach. I, what did I do? Oh, I was thinking I could carry it in a fanny pack and I left the fanny pack unzipped a little bit. And as I stood up, it fell out onto concrete and the back screen shattered, but the rest of it was fine. And I, I was able to take photos that whole trip, but I got it fixed when I came back and it was fine. It's oh. taken a lot of abuse. <laughs> was that one of those moments where you just, you felt this sickness in the pit of your stomach? Pretty much. I immediately thought, how can I get my backup camera, which is much, the quality is not as good. Um, but I was already thinking like, I need to document this. I want, it's, it's a form of self-expression for me. And to be able to capture the feelings of joy and the feelings of pain and just the wide spectrum of human emotion is, yeah. Yeah. Kate, I'm going to put you on the spot. You ready? Okay. This, this was not in the episode outline that I provided to you. So you have no idea what this is. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're a photographer. Do you have a favorite picture that you've taken what you, if someone were to ask someone were to ask you like me asking you now what is your favorite picture that you've taken I, oh gosh I don't know if I could answer that honestly I I feel like I'd have to go back through the archives and check it out I mean I've I became interested in photography in high school um, and started taking photo classes in high school and then went on to study fine art photography in college and got a degree in fine art photography. So, I mean, my 
it extends pretty far back. Um, but I would have to say like the nature shots are high up there on the list. I think I'd have to think about that. You'd never taken a shot and you said, well, that is perfect. That, that, you, that couldn't be any better. This has got to be one of the best pictures I've ever taken. Like in my experience, I didn't, of course, I didn't get a degree on this. I didn't study it in high school. I've got an, I've got an iPhone, but I whip out the iPhone every, every, every so often. And this shot in the background. Yeah. Nice. It's one of my favorite shots because it's got, it's got something in the foreground, right? It's got, it's got something close up and then it's got just this majestic, uh, as you go further back, it just expands into this majestic landscape with the, uh, you know, Mount Darwin and Mount Mendel there on the right and Evolution Lake in the, in the center. And so, I, again, I didn't study this. I'm not sure, I'm not sure about, you know, what is the correct composition? Yet not even sure what the, what the correct terms are, but um, that, well, seemed that, to, that seemed to check all the boxes for me. I think uh, it's so subjective. It, I think it can be what an image can um, make you feel. Um, and it might not make someone feel a certain way because they don't, they've never been there. They don't, they don't have that connection. Um, or it could be a totally different memory that get, is triggered for them through the colors or the lines or the shapes. I just think photography is really cool that, in that way. Um, but that does happen, I would say maybe like a couple times a year. And it does happen sometimes where I'm like, oh, that is awesome. And it ends up being not awesome. <laughs> like in my mind, maybe, well, a lot of times I think the experience is greater than the image I can capture too, or what I see with my own eyes is greater than, and then also happens vice versa, where sometimes the photo is better than the real thing, <laughs> which Darren says that a lot. He's like, wow, that I don't remember it looking like that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't think it looked this good. <laughs> Well, yeah, the image, the image is, how did, how did you put that again? The image is, is, the experience is greater than the image can capture. I think that's very poetic. I had a former guest on who talked about, uh, he was frustrated when he would show his pictures to friends and family because they'd say, oh yeah, that's nice. And he'd say, no, no, it's not nice. It is, it is epic. It is incredible. And uh, he, he lamented the fact that he was trying to take a uh, thousand word pictures of million word places yeah that's true it's hard to understand unless you're out there and you're experiencing it and you're yeah. doing it it's i think it's really hard for everyone to understand <laughs> yeah so all right hey let's talk a little bit about gear what what is your uh, your pack weight out there what's your base weight when you're going on say the pct um well if you took away my camera gear it would probably be eight or nine pound base weight, but with the cam, well, also, okay. So I carry my three pound camera gear and Darren will carry the duplex, the tent. Um, so we kind of like try to even it out that way where he'll carry a little more so I can carry my camera gear, which is a nice sacrifice, but, um, yeah, I think on the collegiate loop that I recently did this year, it was around eight, eight and a half, but then add the camera gear. It's like 11 or so. But. Okay. All right. Hey, and to help us talk about gear, 
It's the hiking pole. It's the hiking pole. It's a seven question survey. It's a P-O-L-L as in survey, not P-O-L-E as in what you carry right. on the trail. So I always think that's that's pretty clever. I like to explain that to my guests so they know exactly how clever I am. <laughs> um, so this is a, a seven question survey that's going to help me score you on a, a, uh, a scale of one to a hundred with 100 being completely sane and one being completely insane. Okay. If I were to ask Darren, Hey, how would you score Kate on one to a hundred? What, what score do you think he'd give you in terms of sanity? Um, you said 100 was completely insane. No, no, completely sane. Same. Same. The higher the higher the number, the more, oh, the more sane you are. Um, I don't know. I think he shares a little bit of that insanity with me, but I think I'm further over into the deep end. <laughs> I'm not like 40, 50. 40. Wow. Okay. 40? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, anybody who has attempted or completed a long trail through hike, like the PCT, the AT, or the CDT, it's an automatic 25 point deduction. So the top score you can get is 75 tonight. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah. You haven't seen these questions in advance? No. No. All right. Here we go. First question. Easy one. Trekking poles or no trekking poles? One trekking pole. <laughs> and the straight reason out of is... The gate, straight out of the gate, she picks option C. I probably will do this the entire time. I am, <laughs> I'm difficult. <laughs> <laughs> So I like one trekking pole because we need one to set up the tent and having two trekking poles and trying to take photos is very challenging. Like a lot of times I'll just, if I have two, I'll just throw it on the ground so I can get the shot, which is, it's silly. It's like, why do I even have this other one? I will say, you know, it does make it a little easier, especially if your pack is heavier, but having a lighter pack. I mean, having no trekking poles or one is preferable. Okay. So she goes option C, one trekking pole. All, All right. right. Next question. You're not going to be able to pick C on this one. There's two answers. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe there's a third answer. All right. On your feet, boots or trail runners? Don't uh, tell me one of each. <laughs> Sandals. No, I'm kidding. Um, which actually would be another option. Um, trail runners. Trail yeah. Did you start out when, when you first got into hiking, did you start out with boots like most people do? Um, when I first got into hiking, yes. When I first got into through hiking, no. Um, I think I did enough research by the time I started through hiking um, that I went for trail runners, although I did not go for the right ones. I had totally destroyed my feet by the end of my first through hike and I had to go back to the trail runners that I initially war but yeah that was terrible and i okay, still what, deal with problems what are the right trail runners which what do you use now um well the one, right ones for me are the la sportiva bushidos which it's not a super popular shoe at all um which is kind of cool whenever i see them i get really excited and that the person i talked to that was wearing them is always like oh they're awesome like this is my eighth pair i'm like yeah do not count how many i have <laughs> <laughs> um, so I really like those, but the ones that I tried before that people seem to love are Hoka's. Um, I can't remember exact torrent. Hoka torrent is what I tried. My 
I just like to be closer to the ground and those are like, you know, stacked a little bit. And I think my foot was, um, trying to overcompensate for like all the cushion and it was so painful. That was on the John Muir trail. Um, Mm -hmm. and if actually, and I hadn't done a long hike like that before, so I didn't know if I was supposed to be feeling this kind of pain or, or not, but it was almost like glass in my feet. Like it was worse in the morning. Um, but I learned that it was plantar fasciitis and I had to go through physical therapy to heal that. And, um, I still struggle with it sometimes if I overdo it or, and it's like only in one foot now, which is really weird because I did try new shoes again in Washington. And they were, now that I think of it, they were kind of similar to that amount of cushion. They were the, um, the topo, um, ultra venture topo. It was some sort of topo shoe. Um, and yeah, I had to take three days off to heal my feet at that point. And then I just kind of like struggled through the rest of Washington back in my old shoes. Ouch. Kate, how tall are you? Um, five, 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 five. So the hook is they try and give you the five foot seven experience. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. A little, little <laughs> bit extra height there. So you see the world from just, perspective. It, it's a lot of like, it felt unstable to me. Like I like to be yeah. closer to the ground. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. All right. Question three. I already know the answer to, cause you already mentioned it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, it comes to shelter. Are you tent tarp or hammock? Um, tent. Yeah. Like I said, tent, um, we're always, I'm hoping that something new will come out. Um, that we'll want to try, but I've also wanted to try the tarp, but we've used the duplex for quite a while. Um, on the, before that on the long trail, we used, I think the Nemo, Nemo, um, dagger. I think it was. Okay. Now are you or you or Darren, um, either of you partial to cowboy camping when the conditions are right? Yeah. Um, I think the last time I camped, that I can remember, I tried cowboy camping. There were spiders crawling all over me and I woke up with spider bites. So that was in Kentucky. I haven't done it since, Um, but I did cowboy camp a couple of times on the PCT. We actually were hiking with some people that convinced us to, and it was, it was really nice. Um, But there is something about it at times that can make me feel like a little too exposed. if it does, if the air area feels a little eerie or strange, but I don't know. I know a lot of people talk about feeling like so comfortable and it's just like, like you can look up at the stars, which is awesome too. But, um, I do like the tent for privacy too. Um, but there was another time we cowboy camped. I think it was one of the last times on the PCT. And I think the tent would have been better in this situation, even though it was up on a ridge, it was just so smoky. And I feel like maybe the tent would have kept a little bit of the smoke out. Um, yeah, that was, that I had a hard time sleeping that night too. And you mentioned places feeling eerie or strange. Do you frequently get that, that uh, feeling out there? No, no, not usually. I mean, like if we're near a road and there are some questionable people like car camping oh, and, got it, got and uh, so things like, like that. So like human eeriness, not, uh, not any it's kind always, of mystical. It's always human eeriness yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> for me. Of course. Yeah. I talked to a guy recently who he, he swore by cowboy camping and he, he, uh, made a girlfriend on the trail and she was tent and he's like, Oh, you got to try cowboy camping. And 
and he was bound and determined to convert her until he woke up one more uh, woke up in the middle of the night with a, a scorpion on his face so oh. he then converted to being tent yes yeah yes That'll well, there, there are other reasons like if there's a big windstorm or a rainstorm like you you want a shelter you want something to like mm-hmm. protect you whether it be a tarp or a tent mm-hmm. um and then there's the whole mosquito thing it's like how far can you take it you can still you know get into a bivy you can wear a mosquito head net which actually i hiked with some people that cowboy camped and just wore a mosquito head net when they were horrendous um but i much preferred to be in my tent to have a little extra space <laughs> Well, you know us guys, I mean, we'll pick a position and we will say that's the best and we'll, we will stick with it no matter how much adversity we face with it or or how wrong inside we know we are, but you know, we don't want to, we don't want to back down. You know, this is the way to do it and we're going to, we're going to do it um, no matter what. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's, I think once you start carrying less, it's hard to want to carry more. Um, So that's probably a struggle too. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. All right. How about uh, question four? Sleeping system, sleeping bag, or quilt? Um, I like the quilt. I wouldn't say I love a quilt, but it's it's better than a sleeping bag. I feel like in a sleeping bag, I like I toss and turn a lot. Um, so a lot of times the hood would like roll over my face, and it just feels more constricting. <laughs> so I like the feeling of freedom with the quilt a little bit more. Um, yeah. Possible trail name tosser. No, that's not it. No, not awful. (laughs) (laughs) Tossing and turning. Okay. Uh, question five, important question. This is a, a huge point deduction depending on how you answer. So here we go. When it comes to food, are you stove cold soap or stoveless? Um, I honestly, it depends on the situation. So when I started, I mostly did uh, the PCT. I mostly just did went stoveless. Um, and I think it just like, it changed throughout. Like I'm not, I don't stick to one thing. Um, because when we got to Washington, we actually did get rid of our, we got the stove and the Sierra got rid of it again in Tahoe and then picked it up again in Washington because we wanted the warm meal again. And like, I mean, I could eat cold oats for breakfast, like cold soaking, like all the time, but so Mm. it is a variety. Do I need to choose one? (laughs) This is, this is the par for the cake course here. I think I might have to go back to stove. Honestly, I, I went really far into like no stove and cold soak. And honestly, the stove is just really nice. Yeah. Cold soak is really disappointing, especially when you're hiking with people who have stoves. And so you're eating yeah, your cold to... in camp and everybody else is eating a nice warm meal. Yeah, it's true. But in Oregon, it was super hot and we did not miss not having a stove. Okay. Well, you kind of navigated that without the hugest point deduction. Question six, is life better above or below the tree line? Oh, I like above the tree line for sure. There's more drama there um, in terms of landscape and just, you're just exposed. And I, I really like the whole sweeping view type of thing. Um, 
my partner is the total opposite. He loves the trees and he loves the forest. I mean, he likes a little bit of it, but he, he's like, why, he's like, why all the granite? Like, I like some trees in there too. And I'm like, no, I could just do straight granite. <laughs> I don't know. Something about it is just, it's challenging. I think maybe it's a little more challenging too with the terrain, which I find interesting. Yeah. I think that life is definitely better above the tree line. So totally agree with you. Yeah. All right. Question seven. Do you pack for weight or comfort? Um, I think maybe weight more than comfort. Um, there are a few things that I bring that I've gone back and forth with like being lighter versus being comfortable. And one of them is a sleeping pad. Um, I've gone all the way to like cut gone so far as to cut my sleeping pad and iron it and have like a half, you know, torso length pad. But that was only because there was a hole and I couldn't find it. And I was like, well, maybe this will work. <laughs> and also I can try this half sleeping pad situation. And it's just, I don't get good sleep. So I ended up um, going like much heavier and getting like a rectangle Nemo inflatable pad and it's really really comfortable and that's one thing that is not as light as some of my other gear is that one of the ones that sounds like a potato chip bag whenever you move on it no that's the women's x-light new oh, neo okay. air thermarest there there are some there are some sleeping pads out there that i wait until uh everybody has set up camp so i know where i could i should set up to be as far away from that person who has that sleeping pad so that pad it actually breaks in too. So it doesn't make that sound forever. Um, but yeah, that pad is not, I started with that one and it was not as my like first sleeping pad and it was not as comfortable as the Nemo. It's just designed differently too. Okay. I should have also asked, I should, I should have included a question number eight that asked you about your toothbrush. Do you go with a full length toothbrush you snap the handle off. Do you drill holes in the handle or do you just not bring a toothbrush? I mean, that is how, how serious are you about your weight out there? Um, definitely brush my teeth. Cause that's gross. <laughs> um, so I had like a bamboo toothbrush when I first started the PCT and you know, it was about this long. My friend made fun of me. So I eventually cut it. I did it just for her, <laughs> but I think when I ordered something, actually there's one here, when I ordered something recently from Grabs Grown Gear, they sent me this little toothbrush. So this is what I've been using. Really, is that a spoon on the end of it? Um, no, it's is that, just Is that a like, combination? Is that a combination toothbrush spork? That is not what, <laughs> no, it's just so you can grip it better. But All right. so it's pretty, pretty tiny. You know what? I'm thinking I've just discovered a new piece of camping gear, hiking gear, combination tooth spork. Don't, don't anybody take that idea. Let me get, let me get a prototype put together. doesn't sound sanitary, but <laughs> not a lot is out there. So. All right. Hey, let me put this through the algorithm here. We'll do some quick calculation. We've got to, uh, I got to carry the four and divide by root three. We're going to multiply it by pi and then we'll adjust for the atmospheric temperature, atmospheric pressure. Not temperature, atmospheric pressure at the top of uh, Whitney at 14,505. And you come out with a solid score of 58. 58. You're a bit more sane than you give yourself credit for. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I like insanity. 
it's not a negative thing. Maybe I look at it more as like someone who likes challenges more than being insane. Uh, all right. Hey, before we get too far down the trail, let's back up a little bit. Let's hear about where you grew up, uh, what kinds of sports and hobbies you were involved in as a kid, and how did you get involved in the through hiking cult? Um, I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. Not very exciting at all. No mountains, not really any hills either. Um, we have Yellow Springs. I don't know if you've ever heard of Yellow Springs. I would go hiking there in high school. Okay. Um, Dave Chappelle lives there. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's just like kind of a hippie outdoor town. Um, but yeah, they have, there's some like nature preserves there that I would go hiking in high school. Some of the sports that I would do growing up. I think I tried everything, soccer, um, gymnastics, t-ball. <laughs> um, I was always biking around my neighborhood um, with the the kids, the neighborhood kids. Um, Any brothers and sisters? I do have two younger sisters. Okay, so three girls. Yeah. Three girls. And what, what does your family think of you going on these long walks? They are pretty supportive. Um, awesome. it, yeah, I'm actually very thankful that they're supportive because there are other people in my life that I'm not so sure if they are and it, it doesn't feel great, but having my family be supportive is awesome. Um, my mom did not want me to go do these through hikes in the beginning, but then she saw, you know, that I could do it and that I was okay when I came back and maybe changed even for the better. And she now definitely encourages me, which nice. is, yeah. Do you remember the moment that you first realized that there was such a thing as a long trail, like, uh, you know, the PCT that goes from Mexico to Canada and you realize that, you know, this is a, a path that you could walk all the way. Yeah. Um, so I was doing jewelry shows, traveling to San Francisco, Chicago, um, Nashville, um, just all over the U S like selling my art. And Darren and I went out to San Francisco and ended up booking an Airbnb to stay in for a few nights in Tahoe. And we went hiking around there. It was the first time I had ever seen mountains. And I was just in awe that people lived in a place like that. Um, so we went on the Five Lakes hike and it connects to the PCT. And we kept hiking a little bit and I saw a PCT sign. And I think that it just got planted inside of my brain and I just could not let it go. I just wanted to keep going on the trail and see what else was beyond. And it was really cool on the PCT when we came to that area, they had kind of, um, it used to connect to the Five Lakes Trail, but then they rerouted it and it went like beside it. So we didn't actually go up to the trail, but hopefully we'll go back there one day to where it all started. <laughs> yeah, you know, every long trail hiker I've talked to talks about that moment where it, like you said, it, it kind of just burrows in, into your brain and it festers and you think about it and you think about it. And then something, you, it, something snaps inside and you say, I'm going to do it. Right. I mean, that was like, what is it? seven years ago, it was 2014. So like, I was actually going to hike the trail in 2020 and I was going to do it solo. But I think I, a week before I was supposed to fly out, um, 
you know, every, everything with COVID happened. So I had right. to cancel my flight and reassess for 2021. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hear about some type two fun out on the trail and your experiences out there in the, on the PCT, the, in the Sierras with the JMT and also uh, the long trail in Vermont. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water, using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young. Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your pod- podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. And welcome back. We are talking to Kate, no trail name, Reeser, about her adventures out on the trail. Maybe that's an option. No trail name. No. Too many syllables. You can't have a three, anything three syllables or longer is is too long. I did meet a guy on trail whose name was not yet. Because people would ask him if he had a trail name and he always said not yet. So he just said, not yet. (laughs) Nice. Have you heard of 127? 127 hours oh yes it started out as 127 hours but now it's just 127 because like i said you know it it was just too many syllables but he had a great story oh okay he was was crossing a he was crossing a uh like a log bridge in i think you it might have been the long trail it was up it was northern part of the appalachian trail and he slipped and his leg got stuck between the two logs and he thought you know this is no problem i'll just get out and he couldn't get out and he thought, well, you know, someone's going to come along. 
and they'll help me out. And no one came along. And so he eventually had to scoot back and forth and, and get to a point where he could grab a rock and kind of drive a rock in between these logs to force I feel like I did hear this story. Maybe I listened to this. Okay. Yeah. I think it's uh, Sean McLean. Is, is, but this is, brings up some trauma from the long trail for me too. And it is also bridge related. And that was oh, another. Trail oh, okay. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. I want to hear about that. But, you know, he would tell, he finally got out, but he would tell this story about, you know, how come you're so late to camp and you tell the story and they say, Oh, like that, that guy from that movie, you know, 127 hours. And so that was his trail name for a while, but it, it just, it went from, I think 127 hours to 127 to now one, two, seven. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Where, where are we going on this? I don't know. Trail names. Um, let's talk about some type two fun out there. So it, it seems in our correspondence that uh, your first experience out on a multi-day hike, was that the GMT? Yes. Okay. And that was 2019. Yes. And GMT, we're all about the GMT on this podcast. So we, we love hearing stories from the GMT. How was your experience? It was amazing. I, it just really opened my eyes to like the world of through hiking and I would do it again. I would do it southbound, which I did it northbound before because I couldn't get a permit. It's really hard to get a permit going out of happy aisles. Um, but I, yeah, I just, I love the Sierra. Um, it was very challenging, especially coming from sea level pretty much. Right. And I had never been at that kind of altitude before. And I did suffer some altitude effects. And I guess some could say that I actually didn't through hike the entire thing because I skipped Mount Whitney, but I did come back and do it later. So that makes me feel a little better. Nice. You know, uh, myself and two buddies, we did the JMT going, actually we sectioned hiked the JMT, but our first, our first section was the Southern half. We started kind of a Muir trail ranch and went South. And okay. we, were, we were just, we had, had encountered so many um, bits of uh, weather issues and other, other wow. struggles that we decided not to do Mount Whitney. We just went over trail crest and went down to Whitney portal. And I literally kicked myself for, you know, two years after that saying, you know, I was right there. Why didn't I do it? Why didn't I just take that little two mile offshoot and get to the top of Whitney? But we eventually did it. Been up there several times since. Uh, but I can understand, you know, the circumstances might, might lead you to, you know, skip that. Yeah. I think the altitude was just exposure was just way too much for me to deal with within, I think it was like two or three days out there. And we were at like 11,000, 12,000 feet, pretty much from, you know, what, 5,000. Mm-hmm. We should have probably stayed the night up there at Cottonwood. Um, but yeah, we went, we went past Whitney. Did you come in? Did you come in through Cottonwood? Yeah. Cottonwood yeah. Lakes. Yeah. Over New Army Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2019, there was actually like a decent amount of snow still. There was a cornice on New Army Pass. But by the time we got there, um, we were able to like climb up some rocks and get through it. Um, but the trail was still covered in snow up there. Mm-hmm. What time of the year were you there? It was August. Early August or late August? It was mid. Like, or, yeah, like, mm. it was like we probably the, missed, we probably first missed weekend of August. 
I think I was coming southbound. I was coming southbound on the GMT. I bet I think it was it was uh, late July, early August. Okay. Yeah, I think we started. It might have been like the tenth, August tenth. Okay. Um, but so it was also Darren's birthday, the day that we were supposed to summit Whitney, and I gave him the option. I was like, you know, I'm not going to make you do this if you don't like want to go up here. He's like, nah like you're not feeling great like it's probably like best if we just keep going so like that evening we went over Forrester and that was like one of the coolest experiences ever I mean because you read all these things saying you should go in the morning like don't you know don't go over at night like or like when it's starting to get dark because all the snow on the is at the south side Mm -hmm. right um so I actually found that part to be very fun and challenging but just kind of like running down the snow. <laughs> now you said you listened to the Garmeyer episode. So you know that he did it in 72 hours and 47 minutes Were you, right. you, you do it at a sim- similar, similar speed. Oh yeah, definitely. I was just an hour behind. No, <laughs> 73 hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it took. Um, so we ended up hiking like 280 miles altogether. Oh, I wow. think. Nice. Um, yeah, 270, 280 after I like calculated it, but it, it took us like three weeks. It was the first time I'd ever been out there. And yeah, we definitely took it slow at first. And then I kind of got like, I got the excitement, I don't know, about uh, going faster and like seeing more. I, I'm not the type of person who want to hang out at camp. I get bored pretty quickly. So how did you turn a 211 mile hike into a 280 mile hike? Well, starting below, starting at uh, Cottonwood Lakes, and then we did take some side trails, and then we also took the side trails to go off to like VVR, and uh, what else did we do? We explored like clouds rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we did some side trails too. Okay. Now, any any type two fun out there and for our listeners out there who may be tuning in for the first time and don't know what type two fun is how would you define type two fun kate well i guess what people say is it's fun after the fact it's not fun in the moment but when you think about it later you would do it again (laughs) yeah you're not having fun in the moment but you have fun talking about it and sharing the experience right any of those moments um, on the John Muir trail, it's a little more fuzzy for me, but I mean, yeah, I guess nothing super stands out for the JMT. It's actually seems easier now than, than some of the other trails that I've done. Um, which is weird because it's not easy terrain. <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, How about any, any favorite moments out there? that really stand out? Um, I mean, every sunrise and sunset was just amazing to be there for. Um, you start to take it for granted a little bit when you're out there and you're like, wow, I, that was a really special time. Mm-hmm. And just seeing things in pictures versus reality is a whole new experience. Okay. We're going to finish the sentence at the same time. We'll see if our answers, answers match. Are you ready? Okay. So the sentence is the most beautiful place on the Jamir Trail is. 
Okay, I'm going to count to three, and we're both going to say it at the same time, and it's going to match. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Okay. So the most beautiful place on the German Trail is one. Ray Lakes. Two. Oh, yeah. I had to count. <laughs> Let's try it again. I got excited. One, two, three, Ray Lakes. Yes. No, the listeners are going to say, oh, that was planned. But no, 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 no. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it didn't go quite right. So there you go. Let's. Uh, I wanted to say I wanted to say Kearsarge, but it's not on the John Muir Trail. <laughs> You're partial to Kearsarge. I do like Kearsarge. I mean, it's all like in the same area. It's yeah. yeah, that area is amazing. And I've been there three times now because I can't stay away. <laughs> but yeah, it is. It is beautiful. There is a, a little spot below Glen Pass. So coming, if you're, if you're going southbound, it's before Glen Pass. It's in between that last Ray Lake and Glen Pass. And uh, there's a little hidden campsite up there, kind of obscured by some bushes and trees. It's about maybe 20 feet off the trail. That is uh, just epic. Nice. Don't tell people. <laughs> no, that's right. It's a secret. Didn't hear it here. Okay. Have you well, been to 60 Lake, 60 Lake Basin? Yes. I, I have not been to 60 Lake Basin, but it's, it's, it's near there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's something that we did this summer. And it oh, was. How was it? It was amazing. There was no one, we didn't see anyone the entire time we were in there and we were just exploring all the little lakes and it was super cool. Um, but when we came out in between that, where it hits the PCT, which is actually like right before Ray Lakes, um, there's like a little offshoot to the left. Um, from there up until Glen Pass, I counted like, I want to say like 50 people and I didn't see any people in the 60 lake area which that was crazy to me and i i really liked being able to get off the like highway so if someone were going to plan to do a 60 lake uh adventure would they come in over kearsarge and go north come over Glen, and then go down into the 60 lake basin is that how yeah. they would do it okay yeah yeah All i mean right. and there are ways that you can kind of do some like route finding and go up and over some of those passes. There used to be an old um, like horse trail, but it hasn't been maintained. I think it said like in 40 years, I did some research on it. We were actually going to go like up and over. I can't remember which pass it was, but it, and it was like down to Charlotte Lake from like that other side. Right. Um, but Darren ended up getting sick and he was sick up in the mountains and he's like, yeah, I don't, I think we should just take it easy. So we, we didn't end up doing that, but that's something that I want to try do a little more Kate, like. Have, Kate, have you heard of the theater, Theodore Solomon's trail? No, no. So if you're interested in wayfinding, this was a trail that was developed to be a, an alternative to the John Muir trail because the John Muir trail was becoming so heavily trafficked. So uh, the creator of this built this trail that, that roughly parallels the John Muir trail. Um, but I think it's, I, I'm going to get this wrong. It's, it's 20 miles to the East or West of, of the John Muir trail. And so, uh, but it's not, it's not in good condition. There's a lot of wayfinding. I've talked to a couple of guys who, who have done it and have just been in the thick of it. Not sure if they're going to come out of it alive or not, but uh, if you're looking for a challenge, maybe some good pictures on that trail. 
Theodore Solomon's trail in the Sierras. What about the high Sierra route? That's another one. That's okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That one has definitely interested me, but I'd want a little more um, experience and education maybe in route finding. (laughs) Yep. All right. Hey, let's go to uh, 2020 and the long trail. And I understand there's a, there's a bridge story here. Oh, there is. So 2020, I was supposed to, like I said, hike the PCT and then I couldn't go a year without doing some sort of through hike after my experience on the JMT in 2019. So the cool thing about the long trail is that you don't need a permit. So we kind of just decided to go whenever. And we went in the fall and it was like the best time to go. We caught like the beginning of summer or the end of, sorry, the end of summer at the beginning of the hike. And then we actually only got like two days of rain, which is, I think is pretty crazy for the long trail. I think a lot of people deal with, I don't know, horrible conditions. Um, but yeah, by the end, the, the colors were just amazing. But so this is a trail where there are not a ton of views, um, which after coming from the JMT to the long trail, I was a bit disappointed, but I did find a lot of meaning and value in the forest as well. Um, just focusing on like the details and the little things more than like the bigger picture. Um, but there was one point, I think it was like morning four, three or four. I was, I hadn't had my caffeine yet. I was still sleepy and I was a bit distracted by the sun coming up and sparkling on the water. And like, (laughs) we were crossing over a bridge on a little stream. And it was one of those bridges that's like, you know, this big, like a log and it had a railing on the left side, but not the right. And I mean, this is just totally my fault, but somehow I was not paying attention and my foot missed the bridge and I fell off of the bridge (laughs) into the rocks below. And it was like five or six feet, which it could have been a lot worse. Um, but I landed right on my knee and somehow it was fine. Um, I, you know, wrapped my bandana around it to add some compression and use KT tape for the rest of the hike. But I don't know if you've ever had a knee injury, but it hurt for like two months, just, you know, not necessarily to use it, but just if it bumped anything, it was like the worst pain ever. Um, luckily I don't, I don't really have any problems with it. Um, but that was a little scary because I kind of just like laid there, like sprawled out on the rocks, my phone one way, like flew out one way and my hat flew off and (laughs) it was just kind of embarrassing. And like later that night, um, I don't know, we like met with some people and at one of the shelters and like, your name can be bridge. Yeah, no, I'm not going with bridge. (laughs) And Darren said, FKT from the bridge to the ground. So yeah, yeah. pretty, pretty silly, but (laughs) record time. (laughs) Do you know, uh, have you heard of uh, little Skittle? Yeah. 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 Rebecca, Rebecca, Ann, I think is her, her, uh, Oh, hers, her fall was much more, uh, yeah. So it was pretty, pretty dramatic. 
Yeah, 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 and she yeah. like recorded. Did she record during it or like the after effects? I can't remember. Oh, there's pictures of the after effects. She broke her fall with her face. So I mean, it. Uh, yeah, I was lucky that it was just the knee. So yeah. Okay. Any other hijinks from uh, from the long trail? Favorite moments. I mean, that trail is it's kind of brutal. Um, straight up, straight down, very rocky, very rooty but I really liked it. By the end, I thought, do I like this better than the John Muir Trail? It's, it's just different. Um, also the community was more, um, I don't, it, there was just more people that were, I feel like they were friendlier and like the Sierra is more remote and we, I feel like we didn't see as many people. Like we did, we met like two people that we still keep in contact with, but it was a different type of hike, like staying near or around the shelters and um, yeah. Yeah. Do you prefer, do you prefer a, a community out there or do you prefer not seeing anybody? Uh, I would probably lean towards not seeing anyone. <laughs> I'm kind of like a loner a little bit, but the collegiate loop is actually like what I would prefer because it's just the right amount of people. Um, maybe the CDT is like that too, which I'm also interested in. Um, the PCT has gotten a little like party scene and someone called recently called it broy. <laughs> Cause oh. I, I mean, I don't know. I think like a lot, like this year, someone said that a lot of people, a lot of younger people are doing the trail and they don't really have like the respect that, you know, people with age yeah. tend to have. Bro I like that. That's a good adjective. It's broy. Yeah. <laughs> um, now I did the I did the high uh, high Sierra Trail, the HST, okay. not not the Sierra High Route, but the High Sierra Trail, which goes east to west across the Sierras. Right. And the first four days, we didn't see anybody out there. I mean, it was. We, How did I you feel it. about that? I liked it. I liked it. I, I love feeling remote. I love being out in the middle of nowhere and feeling like nobody's out there except me. So. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing about having a lot of people around is sometimes like in Washington, we would have a hard time finding campsites. All the campsites would be taken. So we True. would have to like squeeze into some awkward or weird, yeah. terrible campsite. Yeah. Um, I had to do that a couple of times in the Sierras, uh, like on the John, John Muir trail. Yeah. Yep. All right. Hey, let's talk about then taking the big plunge. Now we're talking about 2,650 miles from Mexico to Canada in 2021, the PCT. Right. You'd done the JMT in 2019, the long trail in 2020. And at what point did you say, you know what? I want to take this up a few notches. Let's, let's, let's walk from Mexico to Canada. So I actually wanted to hike the PCT before all of those other ones, but I think that the JMT and the long trail were just kind of like testing to see if I actually wanted to do it because, you know, it is a big commitment. Um, I mean, of course I wanted to do the PCT first, but I'm so glad that I had the experience of those other trails before I attempted the PCT. Um, but I mean, I wanted to do the PCT ever since I saw that sign. Like it just, I read so much about it and did research, watch blogs, watch, read books. It was, it just kind of like consumed me. <laughs> Went down the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so what kind of prep did you do uh, leading up to your hike? Um, you just mean in general? 
you know, research, logistics, uh, training, the whole deal? So I learned from the JMT, which I overplanned for sure, that you don't really need to plan. At least that's how I, that's how I go now. <laughs> I don't, I mean, you can, you know, send a few boxes if you want specific food, but like you can always, there are, things will never go to plan on a through hike. Um, I think, yeah, for the JMT, I planned every resupply and all the mileage and the campsites. I mean, they wanted me to do that for the permit anyway, since I had to go like in person and like tell them like where I'm going to camp each night for like those three weeks. Like it was pretty intensive, but we didn't, of course we didn't end up camping at those places every single night. Um, so, I mean, for the PCT, of course, I just walked a lot before. Um, that's like pretty much the only. Before we move on from the planning stage, the planning, the planning discussion in the synthetic world, which uh, I've had a few guests uh, refer to it as, if, you know, I, I talk about the real world. And they say, no, no, it's not the real world. It's the synthetic world. The real world is actually being out in nature. So I've committed to now calling it the synthetic world. In the synthetic world, are you pretty much of a, a planner? You want to have everything kind of all the boxes checked. You want to know what's going to, what's going to be happening or, or you kind of, you don't care about that. I'm not a planner. I mean, I, it helps to be organized for sure. And to have, have like goals. I mean, I think I look forward to my goals more than, than trying to plan every little thing. Um, I think it's less stressful that way to kind of just go with the flow and like my work is creative. So it's, challenging to force yourself to make work when you're not inspired. Um, I mean, a lot of times you can go in and create and become inspired then, but yeah, having a strict schedule is not necessarily my MO. Okay. All right. So when did you start the PCT in 2021? Do you remember the day? I started April 21st. Okay. And when did you finish? September 21st, 20th, 20th. So April so it took a long time. Yeah. I mean, I, I never actually counted the zero days or anything, but I think if we did, it would be over 30. Um, and that's because we got off trail to go to a wedding for over a week. My friend's wedding in San Diego, um, in Washington, we took off more days than, then we did like all of Oregon. I don't know. Washington, it was just like, we really stretched it out and I'm kind of happy we did in a way because we got to see the fall colors and we got to see a snow. Uh, we got to see it snow, but um, yeah, I mean, there is something fun about like, you know, getting miles and doing it fast, but yeah, we took a lot of time off. Okay. You said we, is it primarily you and Darren or did you have a, a trail family? Yeah. Um, we hiked with people here and there, but we never mm -hmm. like stuck with any group for like too, too long. Mm -hmm. Now, what is it, what's it like hiking with a significant other doing 2,650 miles with, with Darren? I mean, it's pretty great. We get along really well. And to be honest, like we tried doing camper life this summer for a couple months and that was way harder than through hiking together. Through hiking, you can get your own space and kind of just like walk separately if you want. Um, 
I, we don't necessarily need to be around each other all the time, but yeah, trying to do the, like travel around in a camper was pretty challenging. Okay. Highlights type two fun from the PCT. Um, type two. Well, the, gosh, this might be type three fun, but like I said, and I don't know if I would want to do it again. So maybe it's type three, but there was a crazy windstorm coming out of Tehachapi and that's all after like the aqueduct and the windmill farms and all that. Um, and my friends and I pretty much got picked up and blown with, from the wind. So one of my friends tumbled probably 15, 20 feet down the mountain. And luckily I was blown into a bush, so I didn't go flying, but that was one of the scariest moments. I sat on trail for maybe 15 minutes, just like trying to compose myself. Like, wow, I did not know when could be that powerful. I didn't know that I'd never experienced something like that before. And just to use every muscle in your body to stay upright and something like that is humbling. Um, I think we had a big goal for that day and we ended up hiking like seven miles to like this area with like huge bushes where it blocks some of the wind. Um, but yeah, that was, the trail is intense sometimes. Kate, I've got your trail name. I don't know if awkward, I want to hear it. Awkward silence. <laughs> it's just one letter difference from your different from than your than your real name. Instead of Kate, you know, you could have been Kite. Oh yeah. And then if you don't want to, I mean, yeah. I mean, I like that better than a lot of other names. <laughs> Kite. Yeah. And it could just be a weird pronunciation of your name. Yeah. Someone from off in Europe or something. Kite. 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 how you doing yeah okay yeah i like that all right now what happened in 2022 what happened this past summer were you out were you out and about so we bought a camper to put on the back of darren's truck and we traveled around for two months we mostly stayed in california we were in the sierra doing backpacking trips um we hung out in mammoth quite a while well we hung out like you know near Kearsarge Pass and like did some trips there we did trips in and out of Mammoth um we went to Lake Tahoe and stayed with some friends and then we went to San Francisco we just did a lot of hiking and we had planned to do the Colorado Trail but it just didn't work out um we had someone renting our house and they ended up moving out. So we came back to come check on things and Darren's family needed some help, um, some medical things. So I, I, I had to do something. So I planned a part of the Colorado trail, which is the collegiate loop. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was, that was really awesome. That made me want to do the CDT. Looks like you ran into some serious weather though. Yeah, it rained eight out of nine days. <laughs> sometimes it rained for three, four hours. Sometimes it rained three to four times a day. Um, lightning, hail. It's pretty crazy. Now this isn't the pro tip, but what kind of advice would you give to people about hiking in the rain? 
I mean, it can get really cold out there. Um, and I, I would recommend, especially the time that I went to bring warm layers for sure. Um, the last thing you want is to get cold and not be able to get warm again. Um, so warm layers. And also I brought like, you know, a rain jacket and rain pants and pretty much all winter gear. Did you have gloves? Yeah. I think I only used them once maybe though, but I mean, there was a time I should have used them and I didn't. And, you know, my fingers like turned white and it was very painful. And that's when we got a hitch into town. I mean, that started to feel a little scary. Yeah, and you have a you have a specific Instagram post that kind of details that particular day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that earlier. Hey, back to Mammoth for a second. What is the best place to eat in Mammoth? Oh my gosh. Oh, there's a pretty good place. I'm so I'm really bad with names. Um Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't be able to think of the name, but it's like a health healthy like bowl bowl place um oh, bowl place okay and we got like so there are two places the healthy bowl place and then there's like an asian ramen place and the ramen place i got like tuna poke which is like my thing that i like to get um i'm sorry i'm gonna list one more but the pizza place is really good too okay i was gonna say <laughs> but i don't know the names of any of these places so you just have to go figure it out i guess yeah. So to, I, I'm not used to hearing, you know, poke and bowls in, in mammoth or, or talking about, you know, kind of mountain town food that just does not. They're a little more like, they're a little more like health conscious, I think. Um, but they do have like the other options too. It's just, you don't really see that in mountain towns. And like, I want tea food that makes me feel good and like gives me mm -hmm. lots of energy and like so, like on trail I would crave salmon and like greens it sounds so boring but once you eat so many burgers you're like okay what else is there I can't eat this anymore yeah I wasn't expecting those uh I was wasn't expecting poke or bowls but I was expecting pizza pizza place pretty good there they've got a good Mexican restaurant in town they've got uh, grumpy's kind of a sports bar and um what's that breakfast place the stove yeah, I didn't end up going there, but mm -hmm. Darren likes the New York bagel place. New York bagel in Mammoth. <laughs> yeah. Nice. He likes to get like a, I don't know, a crazy bagel sandwich. It costs like $15 the way he made, he add, adds all these toppings on it. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Hey, let's, let's spend a few minutes. Let's talk about your creative outlets. We've talked a little bit about your photography, but uh, what about, what is this, this whole deal with metal smithing and jewelry? Um, I started metal smithing pretty much right when I graduated from college, which was 2011. And I've built a business from just experimenting and teaching myself. And it's one of the hardest things I've ever tried to do just because it was a huge learning curve, um, especially once I started, you know, making hot connections, which is with a torch that was pretty intimidating, but I wanted to push my art into a new direction. And I knew that like, I'd have to, you know, gather all these tools and um, push my comfort zone. But I think that's, that's why I like through hiking too. Um, yeah, so I, use, I make jewelry 
it used to be part-time and it kind of goes between being full-time and part-time. Um, the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be focusing on a new collection and then hopefully get that out for the holidays. But yeah. How, so can, how can, how can people buy you, buy your, uh, your jewelry? Um, it's rocksaltvintage.com. And the reason vintage is in the name is because I used to assemble vintage materials with natural crystals, but now it's all handmade. Um, I haven't changed the name. I've just kept the name. I, people always ask. Okay. And back to trail names. I mean, you, you want a trail name that has multiple layers to it, right? You're, you're stuck on the trail name. Everyone's I'm, still, I'm, I'm, I'm just on the lookout for you. That's all. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to be helpful. And the way you talked about torch, I mean, a lot, a lot of uh, layers to torch. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, that's, torch. that's better than what other people recommended. Okay. <laughs> I, I still like kite. Yeah. Kite. <laughs> All right. Hey, what's next for kite? What's, what's the next adventure coming up? Um, I'm pretty interested in the CDT. Um, of course, I think it's like when, I, once I see those trail signs, it just sticks in my head. Like along the collegiate loop, I saw CDT. I was on the CDT for a bit and it was like one of the most challenging adventures I've ever gone on. Um, and that really interested me. I know some people say that they absolutely hate Colorado because of that type of weather. Um, but the scenery is very beautiful. So maybe, maybe CDT, it might be solo. I don't know. We'll see. CDT, another one that goes from Mexico to Canada, a lot of alternate routes, uh, yes. could have as much as 3,100 miles in that trip. Right. And if you do the CDT and you've done the PCT, that just means that you, you know, you've got to do the AT, right? People say, don't leave the AT for last. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that before, but. I have heard that before. I've heard, I've heard the, the, the preferred order should be AT, PCT, CDT. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the PCT is probably the best, <laughs> even though I'm not, you know, I can't say for sure. Mm -hmm. um it's just the variety and those types of views but you're um, right Kate. yeah it, it's the best <laughs> but since i did the long trail i do i did hike like 100 miles of the at mm -hmm. so i kind of have an idea of what it's like the sad thing is that once we got off the at to continue on to the long trail it actually got better <laughs> um but I mean, I think I kind of would kind of know like what I was getting into if I did the AT. Was the AT too broy for me to consider it? No, you just said when you when you got off the AT and and more on the on the long trail, it got better. Was that because it was less broy? No, no, like it was twenty twenty, so like there were not a lot of people. Yeah. Um, my friend who I met on the long trail said that you know, he was like this shelter that we're at right now, it would be packed. Like there were probably eight people. And he said, no, there would be like 20 plus people at this shelter. And I was like, that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> but your idea of a good time is not hanging out in the shelter with 20 other people. I mean, I can, I can be social. I just, I don't know. I kind of just try to get away from that. Like in everyday life i try to like connect with nature a little bit more 
you know? <laughs> yep. All right. Hey, Kate, you know where we are? Uh, at the end. The pro tip insight of the week. Yes, half calf. We are at the pro tip insight of the week where Kate or Kite gets to share a bit of trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. What, what advice do you have for us? I'm going to elaborate on something I did say once and I try not to say it, but I did. Um, it's respect. It's about respect for the people that are hiking the trail around you. It's respect for mother nature and respect for yourself while you're doing these hikes. I think a lot of people that I met on the PCT were not taking those things into consideration. And I think that really like disappointed me and made me really sad, just like the way that people treated the land. And I mean, once, once I got into Washington, I can't tell you how many like times I saw like piles of poop just sitting on top of the ground toilet paper everywhere. We had to camp one time near a bush that was littered with wet wipes and because there was nowhere else to camp. And it's just like people, I like, I just urge you to respect um, these places because so we can enjoy them. And so other people don't walk up on something like that. Um, and the other side of respect is I don't know. I mean, just, you know, be kind to the other people that are around you. Um, like we're all out there trying to enjoy nature. And if you're having a hard time, like maybe we can relate instead of, um, you know, snapping at someone or being negative or just it, totally ignoring someone behind you. That's like trying to pass you or like, it's not really a competition. We're just out there trying to enjoy the trail. Yep. Great points all the way around. So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Kate. I want to thank her for joining us this week. Kate, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Um, I post updates on Kate the Wild on Instagram. And I also have a website where I occasionally post blogs about my gear or trips. Um, and I think that's about it. Okay. And rock salt vintage mm -hmm. is there a website for that or is it is that, is that a link in your instagram um so i have an instagram for that page and i also rocksaltvintage.com is my website where you can shop and i sell i actually created a pct necklace by hand that i sell um so that's like a nice thing to remember the trail by awesome Remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. No TikTok, Kate? No, I'm too old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into like the trendy video stuff. Like I've tried to make reels and things, which I, I do like video, but I always like tend to go more serious than like, look at me. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no TikTok. Yeah, I, I was I was pressured by my my youngest daughter to start a TikTok for the pod. So that's that's why it's there. That's no, that's good. That's yeah. good. <laughs> and if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakamir at gmail.com. The adventure media recommendation. That's the youngest daughter, by the way. She she sounds like she's English, but she was born and raised in Southern California. 
Uh, really? Kate, I'm also looking to you to share a recommendation for a book, a movie, documentary, website, something that's going to help keep our listeners connected to the outdoor adventures. We're calling this our adventure media recommendation. What do you have for us? Um, so I actually just watched The Alpinist last night. Oh, yes. that was intense. Yes. Um, wow. I felt so inspired by him. Um, I, I actually had seen, I mean, I don't want to ruin it for anyone that hasn't watched it. Um, but I had seen some news about him in the past when the event happened, but, um, gosh, it was just so inspiring to see someone that young go for some, something that epic, like his entire life. Right. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, are you, are you like me? I watch movies like that. I watch movies like, um, um, what was the Honold movie? Solo, free solo. Oh, yeah. Uh, watch uh, the Dawn Wall, and I think to myself, no, I need to get into climbing. <laughs> I, I need, I need. That looks so cool. I, that's so badass. I got to do that. And then I think to myself, no, I'm not gonna. I, I can't do that. <laughs> um. Okay. So my Darren just got us passes to our local climbing gym like a month ago for my birthday, and I'm I really like it. Um. It's just bouldering though. Like I. I'm not going to do anything like that. Like I'll stick to through hiking. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. What have we not asked you? All right. And before we wrap things up, I've got just one more segment for you called, what have I not asked you that you're dying to tell us about? What did I miss? No, I don't. Well, I mean, my other adventures that I'm interested in, but are kind of on the back burner, I would say I wanted to do Tour de Mont Blanc. For a long time, um, I went to Switzerland in 2018 and got to stay in a couple of huts and just have like a little bit of that experience. But that's one thing that I'd really love to do. Um, also, Alaska and Patagonia, and it's just it doesn't seem like there's enough time to do all the things. So, yes. All right, keep a list, keep a list, and check them off as you go. Yeah. All right. Hey, that's a wrap from the John Freakyman Studio. Any shout-outs to friends and family, Kate? um shout out to the only person i've talked to uh, sorry talked about darren for putting up with me and my craziness and going on some of these adventures with me big shout out to darren and i'm going to invite darren right now to be on another episode of the john freaking mirror pod so we can hear it from his perspective oh he probably won't do that <laughs> he has an instagram and he's never posted anything <laughs> but all right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you've just set the FKT from the bridge to the rocks below. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. legendary shows in the outdoors is on waypoint tv don't miss primo's truth about hunting wednesday nights at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment i'm will cooper host of hunt stands make your mark podcast if you haven't already download the free waypoint tv app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from hunt stand presents anywhere anytime and on any device